Hello, this is Joe McGee. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and please share the podcast with your friends. That is the number one way you can help us reach people with God's love and healing. We love you guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Joe McGee. Welcome to Through the Bible. Where we're going from Genesis to Revelation in chronological order. Today, we are beginning the book of Judges. And um, a lot of great sermons came out of this book. The book of Judges. Uh, Israel would do good. Then they'd sin. Then they'd need to repent. Then they'd do good. Then they'd sin. And they'd need to repent. Then they would do good. And then they would sin. And they'd need to repent. It's uh, all the way through the Old Testament. But you know, there's some fascinating stories in the middle of all this. So today we're going to start with Judges chapter 1. And again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I really like this translation, New Living Translation. So Judges chapter 1, verse 1. This is after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah, for I've given them victory over the land. So God already had one of the 12 tribes picked out. Judah's the lead tribe. We'll start with Judah. I've already selected them. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Benjamin, join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. So they're striking a partnership early. And so uh, when the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. While at Bezek, they encountered King Ammon and fought against him, and the Canaanites, the Pesarites, were defeated. Um, uh, the Israelites uh, soon captured the other king and cut off his his thumbs and his big toes. Now, when I taught high school kids, they would always ask, why did they do that? Well, I'm not going to get sidetracked around it, but there was a reason, so we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, he said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, uh, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all of its people and setting the city on fire. Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country, in the Negev, in the western foothills. Judah marched against the Canaanites in Hebron, formerly called Kirath, defeating them in the force of uh, Shias, Ammon, and Tamar. From there they went to fight against the people living in the town of Deborah, formerly called Kenrith. Caleb said, I will give my daughter in marriage to the one who attacks and captures this city. Uh, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenseth, was the one who conquered it, so Achash became Athenio's wife. So when Achash married Athenio, she urged him to ask her father for a field, and he got down on her, uh, and he and he got her down on for a donkey and said, "What's the matter?" She said, "Let me have another gift. You have already given me the land and the Negev. Now please give me the spring, the springs of water too." So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. When the tribe of Judah left Jericho, the city of Palms, uh, they were descendants 
of Moses' father-in-law who traveled with them and to the wilderness of Judah, they settled and and the people there near the town uh, in the Negev. Then Judah joined with Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephoth, for they completely destroyed them in the town. So the town was named Hormah. In addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Ashkan, Ekron, along with their surrounding territories. Now, uh, we're not going to do it here because the broadcast, but uh, when I taught high school kids, I kept a, just a, a big map that I had on the stand, and uh, they couldn't see the very detail, but they saw the overall picture. Here's where they were. Here's where they went. Here's what they captured. Here's why they did it. So a lot, it made a lot more sense because they saw, oh, they they had to do that because God had told them when you go into the promised land, I give it to you. Well, there were people living in the promised land that had moved in after God had promised the land to Abraham. Because Abraham first went there, there's a wilderness. Nobody lived there. So he told Abraham, look north, south, east, west, everywhere you walk, I will give it to you. And so eventually Abraham drought hit, and Abraham ran off to Egypt, tried to give his wife away. God sent him back. Drought hit again, ran off to Egypt, tried to give his wife away again. God sent him back. So it's been a rough, a rough trip trying to get Israel to take the promised land that God wanted to give them. He said, you're going to live in houses you did not build, eat from vineyards you did not plant. I'm going to give you this city. I'm going to give you all this land. And so it took time for them to finally take charge to do that, uh, basically about 400 years. So they finally got around to it. Um, so then Judith came to Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephyr, and they completely destroyed the town. And so verse 19, the Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country. But they failed to drive out the people living in the in the plains who had iron chariots. The town of Hebron was given to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and Caleb drove out the people living there, who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. Now, we went through long history, even to this day, in our current year, um, Jewish people are still dealing with people that got left behind that God really ordered them to eliminate. And so there's a lot of history getting involved here. Um, the descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with him. And they sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz. They confronted a man coming out of the town, said to him, show us away into the town, and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them away in, and they killed everyone in the town except a man and his family. Later, the man moved into the land with the Hittites, where he built a town. He named it Luz, which is the name of the town to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Bashan, uh, Tarek, Dor, Megiddo, and all the surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in the region. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them out completely out of the land. And God said, I need you to drive them out. Well, they didn't. They didn't do it completely. You know, when God asks you to do something, you need to do what he says. You know, to this day, it's God's not going to ask you to do anything that's wrong, but there's going to be opposition. There's always opposition. So the tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, and so the Canaanites continued to live there among them. The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Nathal, so the Canaanites continued to live among them. 
But the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulun. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the descendants of Echo and Sidon, Aham, Achaz, Hebus, and Rehob. Instead, the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beshemash, and they had moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people were forced to work as slaves for the Jewish people. As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the hill country. They would not let them come into the into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay there in Mount Harris and uh, Shabon. But when the descendants of Joseph became stronger, they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. The boundary of the Amorites ran from the Scorpion Pass in Seba and continued upward from there. Chapter 2. Now, you got to hang with us here. This is going to get real interesting. Chapter 2, verse 1. Lord's master shows up. The angel of the Lord went up to Gilgal, Bochim, and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt to the land I swore to give to your ancestors. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you for your part. You are not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. But you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. Verse 4, when the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all this lights, the people wept loudly, and they called the place Mokum, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices to the Lord. Verse 6, after Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. The Israelites served the Lord throughout their lifetime, uh, throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who believed in him. For they were seen as great things that the Lord had done for Israel. They knew God's with this guy. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land that had been allotted, allotted to him in the hill country uh, north of Mount Gosh. Verse 10. After that generation, after they had died, another generation grip who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord and the God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods and the people around them. They angered the Lord. Now, you know, I'm, I used to, when I taught chapel, you really don't want to make God mad. God's loving, long-suffering, forgiving, uh, but he doesn't, you just don't want to read the scripture, what makes him mad, and don't do what makes God mad. I told my kids when they were young. Um, it's made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around. They were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, they fought. Uh, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated, just as they had just he had warned them. And the people were in great distress. They had victory after victory after victory against nations stronger, mightier. But when they left God, God said, "Fine, you're on your own. I'll let you do what you want. We want to do it ourselves." God said, "Fine, I'll let you do that." Well, now they're losing battle after battle after every time they come back, somebody's relatives died, somebody's son died, somebody's dad died, somebody's brother died, 
we're losing people. Why? God's not with you. So verse 16, so then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel would not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly they had turned away from the path of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Verse 18, whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, and he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the, the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people. <laughs> you know, I mean, God's looking. He's, he knows everything. You don't ever shock God. The Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppressing and suffering. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than they had done before. Then again, they went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and their stubborn ways. Verse 20, so the Lord burned with anger against Israel. That's not a good place to be. <laughs> you know, you're going to pick a place to be. You don't want to give God bad. He said, because the people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and they have ignored my commands. Verse 21, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them. Why did he let them leave some? Because he's going to test you again. You know, the God, God never tempts, but he does test. Um, got so many scriptures. Uh, when they came out of Egypt, going to the promised land, the Bible says 10 times, 10 times on the way to the promised land, God tested them. God did not tempt. The devil tempts. God only tests. He's trying to get them to use their faith. When God says, hey, I'll, I'll provide a way. So he led them to no water. He led them to no food. He led them to bitter water. Uh, and so every time he's trying to get them, if you'll use your faith, I'll give you victory. If you'll use your faith, I'll let you overcome. You use your faith, I'll let you be blessed and prosperous. But you got to use your faith. What's faith? Just believing what God said was true. I'm not God. I don't make the choices. I just obey God. The Bible says that blessing is in obedience. How do you get blessed? By being obedient to the word of God. Well, maybe you need to read the word of God and so you know what it is you're obeying. It's not what man says. It's what God says. And he left it in a book called the Bible. And so we've got 60 authors over several thousand years, but it's all God. And so he's, well, man wrote it. Yeah, man put it together as ordained by God. So we still have the, the book. And so, you know, people say, well, you know, I go all over the country and they'll ask, what kind of Bible you preach out of? I say, well, I like the New Living Translation. You mean you've left the King James? No. No, I still study the King James. I think it's the best translation for studying. But I don't speak King James. And I don't read King James. I like the New Living Translation. That's my favorite. But I do study the King James. I study the words and the meanings, uh, the air, the time, who was talking, who's been talked to. There's a lot of questions you got to ask yourself. So God's leading them. And so uh, you got Joshua trying to lead them in. We're going to try to take the land. And so God's just told him, well, I left a few tribes there that I didn't let Joshua take out on purpose. Why? They're going to test you. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Are you going to lean on me? Are you going to lean on yourself? 
And they should have known from the stories that their grandfather told them and their great-grandfather told them and their father told them. Hey, guys, when we served God, it went really good. When we didn't serve God, it went really bad. It's an easy choice. God said, I said before you, life, death, blessing, and cursing. We need to choose life every day. You get up every morning, Father, I thank you. This is the day you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I'm going to ask you today, teach me and my family to fear you. Because Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 3, 16 says, that wisdom brings you long life, riches, and honor. How do you get long life, riches, and honor? You need to fear God. How do you fear God? You need to ask him. The Bible says, you have not because you ask. Father, I ask you every day. Every morning I get up, when I lay my head down at night, Father, I thank you. I ask you to teach my family and I, all their spouses, all my children, all my grandchildren. Teach all my staff. I ask you, Father, teach us all to fear you. For the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. With that wisdom comes long life, riches, and honor. It's just a simple thing to pray. So, guys, appreciate you tuning in today. Tune in next time. We'll pick up here and we'll see where Josh is going to go. God bless. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. It's got a great future for you and your family, and we're here to help you get there. Please make sure you visit Joe McGee Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There you find all of our Friday funny videos and other encouraging resources for you and your family. While you're at it, be sure to visit JoeMcGee.com. We have all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.